Hello, hello, hello. Welcome or welcome back to the Reality Hall podcast with me, your favorite hall for reality TV, Anne-Claire Oublier. So, it's a new week on Bravo. How was your week? Mine was pretty good, although I'm feeling very tired lately. But the week on Bravo was very good, filled up with drama. We got the new trailer for Rugged 3, Real Housewife Automatic Girl Trip 3. Um, it seems like it's going to be a good show, a good season. People on the internet was, were kind of saying that it looked boring, but I don't think it looks boring. But what do we expect from Real Housewife Ultimate Girlship? The first season was pretty boring. We don't expect drama from Rugged. We just want women that breaks the fourth wall and that gets to talk freely about their experience on the show. Anyway, to me, it looked good. We see Heather saying that she had no idea that Jen was going to change her plea. But during the reunion, she told us that Jen called her right before changing her plea to tell her that she was changing her plea. So Heather, you are caught in a lie again. Like, if you plan to lie, you better remember your lie. Then we see that Candice is coming for everyone. She's telling to Portia, yeah. You had a friend, she introduced you to her husband, and three weeks later, you were married to that husband. What the hell? How come? Um, we also have the, like, how do you call that? The picture, the, 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 the image of the show coming out. My girl, Portia, Robin, not Robin, Portia, Candice, and Giselle, they looked really, really, really good. Like, ugh, killing it. I need more Portia on my screen. I'm saying that because I didn't watch her spin-off. I was not really interested in Portia's life. But Portia with Housewife, I'm really interested in. Then what do we have? We have um, Michael Darby suing Candice Dillard Bassett for what she said on the show, for what she said on the reunion. Um, I don't think Gollum thought that much about it when he sued her. Because um, if we start looking into your past, if judges... And prosecutors start looking into your past, you're gonna have a lot more to worry about than what Candice said on the show. Because if you're suing Candice, you're suing Bravo, because Bravo are the one that heard the quote unquote defamatory comment about you. So Bravo will be like, yeah, but he assaulted one of our producers and we have it on camera. So what the hell? Terrible news. People on the internet are happy that he's suing her. Like, come on, guys, you can hate Candice as much as you want, but we hate Michael Darby more than we hate Candice. This is not fair. Gisela said a lot of bad things about him, and the only person that is deciding to sue is Candice. Colorism, we're going to get into that conversation lately, but later, but it's colorism still. And then we have a beef between Patricia, Mia, and G. Patricia being Peter Thomas, obviously. <laughs> So they made video back and forth uh, saying, I don't know him. G posted a video, obviously prompted by Mia, saying, oh my God, you were there at my, uh, you were the first man that, that hold my baby daughter. How can you say you don't know me, you guys? It's, that's not what he was saying. He was saying, I don't know those other women. I know G and Mia. Plus, we can't be mad at Peter from making a video to clear up his name, because Mia, in this in the later episode that we're going to talk about, is accusing Peter of 
having sex with Wendy and then showing me at a video of them having sex. So you're accusing Peter of having sex with a married woman and then you're accusing him of something very much darker because maybe Wendy didn't know that it was filmed and if he showed video to Mia without Wendy's uh, consent, it's an all the ball game so yeah he has the right to defend himself and this is the first time in my life that i'm agreeing <laughs> with peter thomas but yeah anyway this week on the podcast we're going to talk about potomac new jersey summer house Vanderpump rules and real housewife of miami so let's just jump into it we're going to start with the second part of the season seven re- reunion of the Real Housewife Potomac. So the reunion just starts back where it left with Candice talking about the dwindling vagina, dwindling uterus of Giselle. And the real issue for Candice is that between filming the show and the last reunion, six months had passed. And so Giselle had six months to tell her about her feeling uncomfortable that Chris and her were alone in an hotel room. And that's the issue that Candice has with everything that happened on the show. The, her issue is that it's been filmed. Like Robin points out after, when they start talking about the boombox on the table and Robin playing the Instagram live to everyone, Robin tells Candice that it's really not fair that she's mad at the woman for talking about negative things on the show because they are on a reality TV. And if we want that reality TV to be good, everything that's dramatic, everything that poses an issue should be talked about on the show. And I agree, like Candice can't expect those women to come to her every time they have an issue outside of filming because otherwise everyone would be happy, go lucky, we have fun. And that's not what we want to see. We want to see drama and want to see conflict and then conflict resolution on our TV. And I think also the main issue is that Candice really does think that Giselle and Robin are her friends or want to be friends with her. They are not your friend, Candice. They are your colleagues. You guys are from in a reality TV show. They're not your real friend. When you say that the woman that you look up the most to is Robin, I don't know why you're doing that because Robin has been backstabbing you since you've been on this show. She has never been your friend. She's always been loyal to Giselle because she has known Giselle for 20 plus years. So they had a genuine friendship. But with you, I'm not saying that she doesn't want to be friends with you, but she sees you first and foremost as her colleague. So no, you should not trust those women and you should not be like, yeah, those are the women that I look up the most to. The woman that you, the woman that you should look up the most to is Wendy, your true friend. First of all, she's the only one on the couch that has always been loyal to you throughout your fight with Monique, your fallout with Robin, Giselle, and Ashley. She's been defending you all this time. Plus, if you should look up to someone, you should look up to someone with a true career. Like Wendy, as as she keeps reminding us, four degrees. She is an expert on MSNBC. She has a good marriage, a good family life. And you're looking up to Robin, who has accomplished what? A failed marriage. She's been cheated on left and right by, by Juan, and she seemed to accept it. She has a podcast. Okay, now she has a podcast that is mid-successful. But 
you should not look up to that woman. Like, look up to someone that has actually something that you need to look up to. And also, I could tell that when uh, Kenji said that she was closer to Robin, Wendy was actually hurt. And she told her, yeah, right before the GBL incident, you told me she was the most loyal to you and you were the closest to her. But then she turned around and backstabbed you. So if that's what you really want to consider your closest friend, then go ahead. But I'm hurt. I am hurt. And I am hurt for Wendy. Because if it were me, if I were in Wendy's place, I would be like, oh, my God. Like, how can you see that I am here? I'm supporting you. I'm hyping you up for everything that you do. I don't talk behind your back, but you want to be all up in Robin and Giselle's house because you want to be part of the cool girl group. We are the cool girl. Candice and Wendy are the cool girl. Like, Candice, you need to wake up and see who your true friends are. True friends are. Okay, so then... Uh, Andy asked Ashley um, <laughs> how she felt when she saw the, cleese, the, the clip of uh, Chris supposedly flirting with Deborah. She said that she was surprised because Deborah is not a liar, but Deborah kind of feels like um, the clip that they showed to prove that um, Chris was not flirting with her, the audio did not match the, the video. Obviously, it's not going to match because this was taken from like a security camera 15 feet away. It was grainy. No, we're not going to see the mouth move at the same time because the quality of the camera is terrible. So, yeah, we understand that Ashley did not want to throw her friend under the bus. And I respect that, you know. But then we talk about how happy Eddie was a rich just because a man smiled to you. Does that mean that he is into you? And when he makes a really good point, that those women are not used to men being nice to them or being like friendly or just treating them like human being. Just because a man is nice to you does not mean he's flirting to you. He's flirting with you. He's just being nice. He's just treating you like a human being. And maybe if you had encountered nicer men or more <laughs> better educa educated men in your life, you would not assume that every man that is smiling to you, that is polite with you, that is engaging in conversation with you, wants to fuck you. Men can treat women nicely and still not want to fuck them. They just had good mamas that raised them right and that raised them to consider women their equal. And that's the problem that Giselle, Ashley, and Robin, and maybe Mia have on this show, they don't believe that men see them for who they are. They believe that every man that they encounter wants to fuck them. And if they don't want to fuck them, they don't treat them like human beings so maybe they should i don't know look deeper into what made them think that a smile meant that <laughs> eddie wanted to fuck them or was flirting with them when it was just being polite and i'm not only talking to those women i'm talking to all women that think that because i see that a lot on twitter then we move on to a general um, segment and she started talking about her hysterectomy and how she was in surgery for seven hours. And then she gets choked up and she tells Andy, can we talk about it later? And Andy was in great form this uh, reunion. I don't know, he got his mojo back. He's no longer yawning and not paying attention to what's going on. And he tells her, no, we're going to talk about it now. And that's the problem I have with Giselle. Giselle is like so afraid of showing emotions on the show. She wants to keep her composure. She's really self-produced. And I feel like a lot of people would have different feelings about 
Giselle's meddling in other people's life if we knew a little bit more about her life. Like, she doesn't want to talk about her hysterectomy. She says it's the producer's fault. But I believe that Giselle just likes to control her image. And so she comes off, like, inhumane. And the viewers can't relate to her. So then when she does shady things, we're like, Giselle, we know nothing about your life. <laughs> we, know, we don't know who you date. You're very secretive about it. But you expect everyone else on the show to talk openly about their life but you hide things you hide everything so Giselle I feel like she needs to maybe start be more open about her life because I actually like the Giselle meddling Giselle knows what we expect from our reality tv show we expect drama we expect meddling we want you to force other people to talk about their life but at the same time we want you to talk about your life Giselle anyway she talks about Jason and she says that uh, she still sees Steve and that Jason has uh, met the daughters. They liked him. And she says that maybe um, next season, if they are still together, we'll get to see him on the show. How do I feel about the Giselle-Jason relationship? Should we start calling them Jason? <laughs> it's a terrible name, I know. But anyway... Um, I feel like it's a real a relationship for TV. Um, she was tired of people not telling her that um, she's not showing anything about her life. So she was like, okay, I'm going to make a Bravo reality TV couple with Jason. And uh, this way I'll have something to show about my life. Anyway, they then move on to Wendy. And uh, we go into the fight that she had with Mia. Well, the fight. I keep calling it a fight. It's not a fight. It's an assault that Mia, Mia assaulted her. And you can tell that Wendy, when she talks about the story, is very still affected by it. She's crying. And she says that the only reason she made up with Mia is because she wanted to move forward as a group. Because Wendy knows that those women would have never sided with her because they still aren't siding with her. And that she only made up with Mia because she wanted the season to keep going on and she didn't want to, to keep dragging the story. But still... She's hurt and Mia will not apologize and she even doubles down on it. Mia is a disgusting little troll and she deserves everything that happened that is happening right now with her business. Okay, so then we go into Robin calling Mia antagonistic and Robin, Robin starts by saying that she didn't, she wouldn't, she doesn't know how she would have reacted if someone had thrown a drink on her and Andy tells her. I know how you would have reacted. I saw the umbrella scene. And yes, Robin, we saw the umbrella scene. You are one of the most aggressive women, if not the most aggressive woman on Real Housewives of Potomac. But since you are a light-skinned woman, because yes, I will jump into the colorism um, conversation right now. No one holds you accountable. We saw you march up into... Um, Ashley's restaurant and putting your finger in her face. We saw you walking up to Monique on the sidewalk. We saw you walking up to Mia, uh, to Wendy. You are always talking about how you're going to fight someone. You are aggressive. 
but since you are a light-skinned woman, no one calls you antagonistic. And the only and the only reason you call Wendy antagonistic is because she was a black woman trying to defend herself. And then you're like, no, it's because she wouldn't shut up. And if you keep talking about something, you you might as well fight. No, some people know how to behave themselves, and you have the right to say whatever you want to someone as long as you don't touch them. What you don't have to do, what you don't have the right to do, is to assault them or to walk up to them. So, Robin, you are a fucking hypocrite, and you are one of the most colorist people on this cast. The second most colorist woman on this cast is Giselle, because when we ask her why she was on Mia's side, she's like, well, I don't like Wendy, so I'm not going to defend Wendy. You don't like Wendy because she's a black woman, and that's a dark-skinned black woman, and she is more successful than you. The only reason... You were against Monique was because she was more successful than you. So the first, re so when you saw her attack Candice, you were like, okay, that's grounds for her to leave my show because you believe that Relations of Potomac is your show, but it's not. So yes, Giselle, you are the most colorist woman on this cast. So after that segment, they started talking about the colorism on the cast, and uh, Candice said that she doesn't believe that any of her castmates are colorist. But like I just said, I believe that Giselle and Robin are actually colorists. Maybe they don't hate black women, but they see them as less than them. And I am actually disappointed with Candice for saying that she doesn't think that they are colorists. And I'm also disappointed with the entire cast, maybe with exception of Karen on how they handled the conversation. I felt like the conversation was um, shallow. Um, disappointed that we did not call out Robin and Giselle for being colorist for the way they treated Wendy and Mia after the assault. I'm disappointed that there was no mediator during the conversation. I felt like he was badly handled and I am a dark-skinned black woman. I know what colorism is and I've always seen Robin and Giselle like colorists. Like let's remember first season Robin could not bear the idea of someone telling her that she was not as black as she thought she were. Because for her, black people come all in all different color. Yes, black people do come in all different color. But people that are 100% black do not come with green eyes and light skin and straight hair. Maybe I'm going to get cancelled, but I've suffered from colorism. For a long time, I wanted to bleach my skin because I grew up on an island. And we know that island people are extremely colorist. So I saw their colorism from the beginning. And I don't know, I just felt like the conversation was badly handled. People are like praising them for having this conversation. But when Ashley, Giselle and Robin were like, oh, I don't think that we can say that us calling... Candice, a crybaby, is colorism. She does act like that. Yes, it is colorism because Robin is aggressive. She is an aggressive woman and no one calls her out on this. So that's why I felt so disappointed by the way the conversation was handled. Karen did handle it great because she's right. The only reason that she has now the plantation where her ancestors were slaved is because she comes from a long line of light-skinned people and they were treated better than us dark-skinned people and they were viewed as better than us dark-skinned people so yeah i'm not going to spend more time on that i am disappointed with the way the colorism conversation has 
went. I'm disappointed that no one called Giselle and Robin for their bias. I am disappointed that in the Wendy fight, not fight, stop saying fight, Anne Claire, assault, no one except for Candice and Ashley were on her side. Side. It, it was a terrible, terrible conversation. I don't know. I, I don't want to talk about it more. Anyway, then it's time for the Jacqueline and Mia part of the reunion. So, <laughs> Jacqueline tells us that she hasn't seen Mia since they wrapped filming. Oh, and I found it very funny that uh, as soon as Jacqueline got on scene, everyone made a point to be like, oh my God, Jacqueline, you look so nice. It's so, f- I'm so happy to see you. It's so nice for you to be here. And Mia looked so pissed she was pretending to take selfies in her phone but you could tell that she was bothered that everyone was like welcoming Jacqueline so with such open arm <laughs> she's like I brought that bitch on the show she should be my bitch and no one should like her more than should they like me but Mia you're so like detestable and you're lying so much oh yeah and she's lying so much I did not bring the fact that um, Mia said that um, Peter and Wendy were having had sex together and that she'd shown, she'd seen uh, a clip of them having sex in Peter's restaurant. No one believed that. No one asked a follow-up question. Mia, you were a liar. liar. No one believes whatever comes out of your mouth. I'm not even going to address that further. So Jacqueline says that she's devastated. She sees now who Mia is. She's someone who's trying to put her down to elevate herself. And she's basically, Mia basically wants Jacqueline to be a peasant. And I agree with that. I had said a couple of episodes before that Mia did not want Jacqueline to overshadow her and that she only brought Jacqueline to the show so that she could look better because Mia is a jealous, jealous little troll. And, uh, yeah, Mia says that she doesn't want that and that there was just a lot of thing going on in her personal life during filming, during filming and that uh, once Jacqueline got here, she felt overwhelmed with all the support that Jacqueline needed. And even if Jacqueline needed a lot of support and Mia were going through a lot, you could have said that to her in a nicer way. Like it's a friendship of 30 years. You did not have to do that, to do her dirty like that. Then uh, we see a text that uh, Mia sent to the group chat talking about how Jacqueline's house was in foreclosure and that she was on food stamp. And then Andy asked her if uh, Mia acted like that because when she were growing up, she felt like she was an underling and that now she was trying to reverse the table. Mia says no because uh, Jacqueline's mom and dad treated her like she was one of their, one of their own. But now, obviously, the relationship is jealous and all of Jacqueline's family hates Mia. And for the moment, Jacqueline has told her mom not to watch the show to protect her. Because if it's true that she raised Mia as her own daughter, she'd feel disgusted that this is how Mia is treating her supposedly sister. And then they get into a war of... uh, I have receipts, you have receipts, I have receipts. They pull out, they each pull out a box and I don't know, I hope that uh, Andy uh, do not let them pull out too many receipts from the box because uh, <laughs> I don't care. Like, do we truly care about the Mia Jacqueline storyline? 
I don't think so. I don't think that we believe anything that comes out of Mia's mouth. We are, even if we're not, we are Team Jacqueline. And yeah, but seeing that, I don't want Mia getting fired off the show. The only person I want fired off the show is Robin because she's a liar, liar, effing liar. Anyway, that's how the reunion stops. And then they tell us that the reunion that's going to hear Sunday is going to be a 90-minute part reunion. And um, I don't know how to feel about that. Do we need 30 minutes of the one-on-one uh, with uh, between Robin and Andy? I don't think so. I think we know everything that we need to know. Juan is a cheater because once a cheater, always a cheater. And Robin is a dumb bitch for taking him back. Period. Okay, so now let's jump in into the recap of Real Housewife of New Jersey, Season 13, Episode 4. Housewarming History Lesson. So we see Melissa and Joe at their new house while it's being constructed. And really, like, we also pictures of this house. And <laughs> the only note I could make about the house was those windows are crazy. The house is ugly. The house is not what it's supposed to give. I don't know what they're thinking while building this house, but those windows, I really can't get over it. Like it's my, it's, it's, it's disgusting. And obviously, um, Joe recounts what happened at the boys' night out. And he said that uh, Louis brought up uh, the podcast episode when they said that they were putting food on the tables for the girls while Teresa was um, in prison. And Melissa is like, yeah, they twisted our word. We said that we only said that because Joe Judice needed someone to film with, and we were the only people that were agreeing to film with them. And I would like to say that with or without Melissa, Go- with Melissa or Joe Gorga, Bravo would have filmed the, the, the little Teresa show. We don't need you guys. Like, Melania carried that show on her shoulders. We didn't need the Gorgas to do anything, and you guys apparently begged Andy Cohen to appear on that show. So, yeah. And there's no way to twist that. You did say we put food on the table. We were there for the girls. And the girls keep saying that you were not here for them. You were only there when there were cameras. And that is what is held against you guys, is that you act like you guys are so close to the family, but you hated, you hated Joe Giudice so much that you couldn't love the Giudice girl enough to be with them while their mothers were in prison. And now you want to act like the good guys, like you are the greatest uncles and auntie, I don't know what you call it, <laughs> a woman that is a auntie, I guess. But you're not, you're just fame whores and you, you, you're just fake. You guys keep saying that Teresa is keeping the family away because of all the drama and all you want is peace and reconciliation. But then when Teresa asks you guys to come to her 50th birthday, you don't come. To her 50th trip, you don't come. To the wedding, you don't come. And then now she's invited you guys to her housewarming party and you decide not to come because you feel like she's fake and you feel like she doesn't want you there and it's only for show. But what I'm saying is stop projecting. You guys are fake. You guys only do everything for the cameras so obviously you're gonna feel like it's fake because because you're just projecting it's like when your boyfriend is sure that you're cheating on him and he's like are you cheating on me yeah you talk to that man you're cheating on me but all that time he was cheating on you so that's exactly what you guys are doing you hate Teresa. you don't like her you don't want to be a part of the family you don't want her to be on the show 
and you would make her feel uncomfortable if she came to your house, just like you did make her feel uncomfortable at the first episode at the party that were at the party at the at your guys' party, the the, the roller skating party, you barely addressed her. So now you feel like you're gonna be uncomfortable. So then Jogorga decides that he's not gonna come to the housewarming party. <laughs> And when Teresa is like, oh, thank you guys for coming. You guys are my chosen family. Melissa goes in the toilets to cry because how could she say that the people at the party are a chosen family when her brother is not here? He was invited. He decided not to come. Obviously, he was part of the chosen family. He is choosing not to be part of that family. He is choosing to keep the family away. So all I have to say on this situation is stop with the theatrics. Bravo, you need to either fire Teresa or Melissa. And I hope you make the right choice and fire Melissa because that beef is dry. The Gorgas wouldn't have a storyline without Teresa. And they keep talking about her when she's acting all nice. She even invited, she even asked Melissa if she wanted to be part of the bridesmaid team last episode. And she said no. And she said she didn't want to talk about it anymore. And you guys keep talking about it. And it's fucking annoying. Like, us viewers do not want to see that. It's either you're going to accept to make peace with your sister or you're going to stop talking about her. She doesn't use you guys as a storyline. You guys keep using her as a storyline. And, like, when um, Melissa was at the housewarming parties and she was talking to the girls and she said, deep down inside, I love my nieces but I know they hate me. Then again, you're projecting. And the fact that you had to say that you love those girls deep down inside show your true feeling. You actually do not love these girls. You don't. Because if you did, you would not have felt the need to add the deep down inside. And no, they're not the one who hates you. They might feel a type of way about you because you keep talking badly about their mother and making their mother look like the bad guy. But they don't hate you. They just want to see Antonia. They just want to see their cousin. They just want to see their mother and their uncle, her brother, resolve everything. They're tired of the drama like the rest of us. Anyway, let's move on and talk to the other women on the show. So I want to talk about Dolores. So um, she had her mom over and she had fruit on the table. And, and like we know, her mother uh, last year had to have a heart bypass, I think, because her mother keeps kept eating cookies, like her breakfast was cookies and her mother is overweight and she's very unhealthy. So um, she asked her mom what she had for breakfast this morning. And she was like, a piece of cake. And I was like, ma'am, that's not looking. <laughs> about your health you're not taking care of yourself if has the breakfast you have a piece of cake but to her defense she said that she hasn't had cake all week so she deserved that piece of cake and i know i just said it's not looking after your health but her mother is already old like um i kind of understand why she's like i'm old now i lived a beautiful life if i die because i keep eating what i love to eat i'll be fine with it i lived a long life i saw my daughter being happy i see her i saw my beautiful grandchildren and i'm happy to go now and i want to go with cookies and cake in my mouth and i actually respect that so then um she asked dolores do what's going on between paul and frank and um she says that uh frank is just 
having a lot of issue understanding that now Dolores just wants to live her life. Dolores has been taking care of Frank. She has been making sure that he's great. She gave him a house when he didn't have a house. He's now best friend with her ex-boyfriend, David, who treated her like shit. And she just wants to take care of her. She And I actually agree with that. Frank needs to stop trying to, to keep Dolores from living her life. If Paul is like, no, Dolores, you are now with me. And I do not appreciate that your ex-husband comes announcing to the house that your ex-husband is the one that you bring to every party, that you spend a lot more time with your ex-husband than with me. And I want to spend alone time with you. I don't want Frank to be there with us all the time. I do actually understand it. It's not a normal relationship. You can have a great, amicable relationship with your ex-husband, but you don't need to have him everywhere you go. He doesn't need to be like always attached to you. You guys have been divorced for upward of most of 10 years. And Dolores just needs to enjoy her life and live her life for herself. And that's actually what she does. When she's at Teresa's party, the woman asks her, where's Dolores? And she's like, I'm tired of you guys asking me where Frank is every time I'm there. Frank and I are two different people. I'm okay with you asking me where Paul is because Paul is the man that's in my life right now. But Frank can do whatever he wants. He's no longer, like, in my life, he's no longer attached to me. Stop asking me this question. And I actually find it so weird that, like, Frank... Well, I don't know. I don't think I don't I don't think it's weird. I just think like Frank just doesn't like Paul because now that Paul is there, Frank has no business being on the show if Paul doesn't want to hang out with him. So Frank will lose the little fame that he gets from the show. He won't it will no longer be a public figure that we see on our TV every week. And he just doesn't want to lose that. I don't actually think that he likes Dolores, that he loves Dolores like that. And that's why he wants to be so close with Frank. I think it's with Paul. I think it's more like he wants to be on the show. And he knows that without Dolores, there's no need for him to be on the show. But I don't want to see Frank on my TV. I want to see Dolores happy with Paul. Okay, let's move on to Jennifer and Bill. So they go to dinner and she said that she got a party verse for her son's prom. And Billy's like, don't you think it's too much? You guys, you're really like creating monsters. You're giving them everything that they want. He doesn't need a party bus for a prom, for his first prom. And um, Jennifer tells us in our confessional that she's doing all that because uh, of Bill's, of Bill, because he cheated on her. And the kid had to learn through Marge last season that um, Bill cheated on Jennifer and they felt really down and that she can't tell them no because she felt extremely bad that they had to learn it this way and that they felt devastated that their dad had cheated on their mom. So she's trying to do everything that uh, she can to compensate. And then she goes to Bill and tell him, well, it's your fault if um, our kids are monsters because um, you were supposed to go fix your Ferrari and you just bought a new Ferrari. And that's when I'm starting to get a problem because, yes, I do believe that you should that she's, a, she's right to spoil her kids, especially after they've been through such traumatic events. Is she doing too much? Yes, she's doing a little too much because those kids are manipulating her. But she does have guilt and mom guilt is real. <laughs> and she probably feels terrible that uh, because of her going on the show, they had to learn it that way. But then when you start attacking that man that's working all day, that went to medical school and now is making a shit ton of money because 
is working all day, every day to provide you the life that you need. You can't turn around and tell him he can't buy himself a new Ferrari and that's what makes the kids spoiled. The kids are not spoiled because he bought a new Ferrari. They should learn that his their dad deserves a new Ferrari because he's working a port of 20 hours a day. And so it's his money, so he can spend his money the way he wants. When those kids will become surgeons, lawyers, or whatever they do, or when they start getting money, maybe they can start living a lavish life. But right now, they're just living off their parents. So, no, I worked. It's my money. You don't have no claim to my money. And then she's like, uh, I'm tired of you not supporting me. You're always taking everyone else's side, and you're never on my side. And he's like, what do you want me? You want me to like just blindly agree with you even when I think you're in the wrong. And uh, I can't, And she felt terrible. And I wrote in my notes, um, I don't think she needs him as a husband because everyone is against Jen. And even her husband is against her and he does not really support her. So she doesn't need him around. But on the same time, I believe in holding those you love accountable. But you should do that behind closed door. Because if I was on the wrong, I would expect my boyfriend to have my back in public. And then when we get home to tell me I'm wrong. What I don't like with what Bill is doing is that he's always telling his wife that she's wrong in front of the women that are attacking her. But you should be my number one supporter in everyone's eyes. So Bill, I'm going to need you to start supporting Jen in front of those women. But then when you go back at home and the cameras are down, you can tell her she was wrong. But she just wants a little bit of support when she felt, when she's attacked by those women. Because she is attacked by those women. But then it's hard, it's really hard, because I really want to defend Jennifer. But it's hard for me to defend her when I learned that she had a talk with Rachel and John Fessler, bad-mouthing Margaret and, uh, and Dolores. Why do you call Jen Fessler, which is basically Margaret's boy, best friend, to badmouth Margaret? Why do you call Rachel Fuda, who has known Dolores and is loyal to Dolores, to badmouth Dolores? Do you want to start drama? Do you? <laughs> you don't need that to start drama. Those women hate you enough. I'm going to need Jennifer to start being a little bit more smart. She's a dum-dum. <laughs> What did uh, Margaret say at the party? That she had a bone in place of her, of her brain? She might, because why would you call those women's best friend, basically, to badmouth them? Like, Jennifer, I'm going to need you to be a little bit more smart and to be careful of who you talk to. But I guess she doesn't care, because then again, when she's confronted by Marge at the party, she and all the women comes and basically attack her and Jennifer does not back down. She's like surrounded by all, those, by all those women that are telling her that she's a piece of shit, that she's a terrible human being, and that she's a dummy. And she doesn't back down. She's not start. She doesn't start crying. She just doubles down on what she did. She she on what she she said. And she's like to Rachel Fuda. Yeah, I didn't call you to badmouth Dolores. I called you to apologize that I made a comment about your terrible nose job. I know what it feels like when people make fun of your terrible nose job, which the nose job that Rachel Fuda had is terrible. And she's like, yeah, I just called you to tell you I'm sorry. And she doesn't care. And then she's like, yeah, I was not bad mouthing you. I was just giving them the history. I don't care. I can do whatever I want. No one is going to control me. And that is something I love about Jennifer. That's why 
I really defend Jennifer in every every time that she opens her mouth because she's not the type of housewife that will start drama and then starts crying and backing down like Ari, like Adriana in Real Housewives of Miami. No, Jennifer will say something and she will hone up to what she says and she will not back down and she will basically close all those women's mouth. Like she made Rachel Fuda um, <laughs> leave the party. She, Rachel, that thinks that she's giving something to her, to us. No, you were like, oh, I'm not going to let her um, affect me. But she did affect you because you just left the party. You, 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 you left, you fled the scene. So yeah, Jennifer, I don't know. I'm a little, I love her. I love her. I, every time, I mean, and even if I think that she's a dum-dum for calling all those women, I appreciate the fact that she defends herself no matter what. Okay, so let's now move on to Marge. I always had a problem with Marge ever since she came onto the show. I didn't like the way she acted. I didn't like the way she speak. We don't know anything about her life, but she's always the first one to meddle about people's life because they have to bring it on the show because we're filming a reality show. But we don't know anything about your life, Marge. It's like Giselle in Potomac. She's forcing people to... She's out in people's secrets. She's meddling to any everyone. She digs into everyone's life. But when people do the same to her, she gets mad. Like she gets mad at Jennifer for talking to her best friend and trash talking her. But no one is talking about the fact that she's going around Paramus and she has that friend, Serena, that tells her all about women's business. And no one gets mad at Marge for digging up information <laughs> about um, about everyone else, but not sharing her life with us. Anyway, this uh, episode, she really, really did rub me the wrong way because um, as a housewarming gift, she Jen gave uh, Teresa a tree of life, which is a very symbolic uh, emblem in Jewish culture. And even if she didn't know, she was like, oh my God, what is that? Is it a fucking menorah? Why did she bring up menorah? And I don't know, it's just for me in the wrong way. Even if it was a menorah, why would you make fun of Jewish culture? Marge is so uneducated as much as she wants us to believe that she is actually educated. She's very uneducated. And I don't know, she hates Jen so much that she's ready to like to bash an entire culture and it does not sit well with me. And then when Jackie... Uh, was like, okay, no one is filming with me, so I'm going to have shots with Jen. She went and she marched over to Jackie and was like, uh, 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 Jackie, why are you talking to that woman? You know, I don't like her. She's so controlling with her friend. She almost had a tantrum because Jackie was like, okay, Jennifer did say that I was snob, but I was a snob. But I don't know. I just want to have a shot with her. Why would you prevent me from having a shot with her? Even though you don't like her, doesn't mean I don't, I cannot talk to that person. I really have a problem with uh, friends that have problem with people and you have no problem with them and that they want to control you, who you can or cannot talk to. And Marge, I don't know, I hate her. At the housewarming party, we had another little fight between um, Danielle and Jackie. So Melissa asked Jackie, Melissa told Jackie that she had told Danielle about the comment about the, 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 the shorts that she made and that uh, she should apologize to Danielle. And Danielle was hearing them talk about her. So she went over to confront um, <laughs> Jackie and she asked her, um, do you approve of the way that I'm dressed? And Jackie was like, first of all, I never looked you up and down. But last week you admitted of looking her up and down. And I'm glad that the producer gave us a flashback of Jackie actually looking Danielle up and down. And uh, then uh, when Danielle started like uh, confronting her, she is from Staten Island. So she's talk 
and people from Staten Island apparently speak a lot with their hands. And she was like, oh, are you threatening me? Are you threatening me? No, Jackie, she's not threatening you. If the only thing that you have against the girl is that she's talking with her hands and you're like, you have nothing else to say. And you're like, are you threatening me? Then no, you have nothing against her. And then she asked her to apologize. Apologize for what? You should be the one that apologized to Danielle because Danielle did nothing to you and you judged her without knowing her. I'm really glad that Danielle did not back down and was like, fuck you, Jackie. I didn't want to invite you to my house for the Motorbell party, and I did not invite you to my house. And Jackie, you are friends of, you're not going to be invited to everything because you're not part of the main cast. You did not give us anything last year. You did not give us anything even the seasons before. So now that you've been demoted to friends of, well, it's a little too late. We don't want to see you on our screen. We gave you two seasons, and you did not deliver. Now you can go back in your garage and spend time with your cheating husband. Anyway, that was it for The Real Housewife of New Jersey. So let's move on to Real Housewife of Miami. So the show started back with uh, Lisa and Marina, Lenny's mother, having a conversation and Marina telling Lisa that it was her fault if Lenny cheated on her because she kept going out and leaving him on weekends alone, taking care of the kids while she was getting dental work apparently in New York and that that's her fault. She should not leave her husband by himself because obviously if you leave your husband by himself, at least even for one second, he's going to cheat on you. Marina, that's fucked up of you to say, but I'll forgive you because he's your son and you should protect him. And Lisa's mistake was to believe that um, Marina was going to be more loyal to her than to her son. Because it's common knowledge that in fights, the mother-in-law is always on the side of the daughter-in-law and never of its her son, her true blood. And then Lisa tells us that she had been seeing for a long time Lenny DMing girls on Instagram and she had suspicion that he was cheating on her because he was flirting with a bunch of girls on Instagram. But I thought that she didn't know. I thought that everything was great in their relationship and that they had no problem and that they love each other. So Lisa, which is it? Were you blindsided and had no idea that Lenny was not that into you? Or did you have suspicion and you decided to push them under the rug? I think it's the latter, like I've been saying since the beginning. And then we have a scene with Nicole and her dad being terrorized by her friend Lisa. And we kind of understand more why the dad was not present in Nicole's life. Because every time that Nicole was with him, something bad would happen to Nicole. Like she got ran over by a car one day while she was in Miami <laughs> with her dad. And after that, it was like, okay, I can't bring, I, I just need to stop being a part of her life. If I love her, she doesn't need to be next to me because every time she's with me, something bad happens. So Nicole cries, her dad cries. They say that they're going to make an effort. And towards the end of the episode, we learn that uh, Nicole's relationship with her dad is better. And um, they are working on their relationship. I'm actually very happy that Nicole got a happy ending with her dad. Because it must be, you could tell that every time that she was talking about him, she was crying. And she really wanted to be closer to him. So having that therapy session kind of got a closure. Then we had Adriana with a producer a very well-known producer and very suspectful producer. She goes there and uh, it gives her a demo of a song called I'm Not Cheap. And the song was trash. The song was trash. She was like, I'm not cheap. I'm not cheap. If you want to be with me, you're going to buy me Chanel bags and bring me to dinner. And I realized, like, yes, it's a bop. That's why I am. I'm not cheap. And I got a Chanel bag. Adriana, you need to stop in the music department. 
Miami on Fire. I don't know why the girls keep saying it's good. It's the terrible song. The <laughs> the uh, clip, the video clip was terrible. I mean, the song is very catchy, but if she thinks that she's gonna be able to support her family with that song or with a music career, I mean, no. I feel like she doesn't even know how to sing. She doesn't sing that well, so yeah. That scene was boring. I <laughs> I watch it in 1.5 speed, so that lets you know how interested I am in Adriana's story. Okay, so let's just right, jump right into the the girly party because, to be honest, I watched the entire episode except for the party on 1.5. The party looked amazing. Gertie is really a, an amazing party planner. She knows what she's doing. She's been in Vogue. She's one of the best party planner there is ever. It looked amazing. She had neon sign with every woman's name. She had cocktails on tap. She had the greatest, bar, the greatest bartender. It was floral. It was amazing. And all the girls were dressed so nicely. I really liked the way Kiki was dressed. I really loved um, Gertie's all green outfit. Nicole in in a, a orange outfit. She, all the women looked amazing and i can even say that even adriana looked good even though i don't like her so gertie had this party because she really wanted alexia and marisol to uh, forgive adriana for what she said because apparently adriana is, is in such a terrible place she's in a dark place and she needs all the love that she can and that's why she lashed out because she was in so much pain i don't know what kind of pain adriana is in i don't think she's in pain her losing alimony in 18 months and she doesn't know what she's going to provide for her son i don't think that's warren her being so vile to her pretend friend of so long i don't know wasn't adriana in the art world just go back into the heart world and stop trying to find a rich husband or to have a quick music career that's gonna bring you money just go back and do whatever you like you know you're gonna make money if you go back into the heart world because that's what you studied for that's what you did you losing any money is not that terrible a lot of women go through it and what do they do they go back to work and i'd like to point out that you're working right now Bravo is cutting you a check every episode, so I don't feel very bad for her. I do not feel bad for her at all. And for the first time in a very long time, I agree with Larsa. I was, Larsa was like, I feel like Adriana just needs validation. She just needs everyone to kiss her ass. So every time I'm going to see her, I'm going to tell her that she looks beautiful and she's magnificent. And she tries to tell Alexa, that's what we should do to, Adri to Adriana. We should baby her. And Alexa is like, no, I have two babies at home. I have kids. I actually have problems. I actually have people that I have to baby. I have Frankie on my plate. I'm not the one to do that. Alexia is really not trying to forgive Adriana. And people are mad that Alexia is not going to forgive Adriana, but I'm sorry. You can't tell me something that vile, then send me a message saying, my bad, my bad, that's not what I meant, and then expect me to forgive you. You need to prove to me that you really want to be friends with me, and you need to prove to me that I can trust you, because right now, I don't trust you. You've hurt me deeply, and all you could say for it is, my bad. And then say, but you have to understand that I am in a strong place. Don't apologize to me after saying something like that to me. And then saying, but you have to understand me because I felt iced out. Well, because you felt iced out, you tried to hurt me and bring up the most dramatic thing that happened into my life. I'm sorry, but I'm not okay with that. And I'm side-eyeing Gertie a lot because she made a toast and she was like, I really wanted that party for people to forgive Adriana. And then she starts crying and is like, Adriana, I feel your pain. What pain? 
Like, come on, guys. We need to wake up. Adriana is a shit stirrer. She says things because she wants attention. She's a fucking narcissist. And if the attention is not on her, she is mad. And starts saying disgusting things. I'm very happy that Marisol and Alexia are not forgiving her. I do hope, though, that at the reunion, they will have a productive talk. Because I don't want to go into next season with the same beef as last season. But I don't think that they can be best friends anymore. And... I don't know if Adriana is even genuine in her apology because when Marisol gets into the party, she goes and she hugs Marisol and she starts laughing and she's like, you know, I love you. I never wanted to say that. But like, why did you have to tell Marisol that her, that, that her ex never liked her, never loved her? Why did you have to say that? You just wanted to hurt her and hurt people, hurt people. Okay, but she needs to go to therapy. And until she proves to us that she had changed, she will stay on my fucking shit list. So this was the finale episode. So every woman wrapped their storyline. We saw Alexia giving uh, Frankie a lot more responsibilities, teaching him how to do laundry and how to cook. And she says that she really wants him to become more independent. And I really appreciate that. Gertie spending more time with her family and she's been delegating a lot. And they spent a good summer in New York. Julia went to Prime 112 with Martina and they were like, I love you. I'm sorry. I'm happy we're getting that kid. And we know that Martina has been diagnosed with lung cancer. And uh, so they've been spending a lot of time together and they're going to fight the cancer together. And then we move on to Miss Larsa. Miss Larsa who is dating Michael Jordan, 31-year-old son. And she finally admitted it and on the... Uh, Valentine's Day, she had a post saying my forever love. I am actually extremely disgusted by this relationship because um, Larsa was in this man's life when he was a kid. She probably babysat her, him. And something like really rubs me the wrong way. It's very predatory. She's been grooming that baby boy since he was a kid. Her not seeing what the problem is and thinking that people are haters is really not the point because Larsa, if you were a man, everyone would have been like, this is disgusting. You saw that man in his diaper. He's almost the same age as your son. You could be his mom. You babysat him. He is the son of your ex-husband's co-worker. It is disgusting and I can't get behind that and I will never get behind that. Larsa is a terrible human being. A moral compass is really not where it's supposed to be. And I'm disgusted by it, period. And then we move on to Lenny, her divorce Lenny and Lisa, her divorce with Lenny is very complex. We've talked about it at length. If you want to have a more detailed story and more accurate information on what's going on, just go to the Bravo Docket podcast and look at the listen to the episode that covers their wedding, their divorce. Next week is the first part of the Miami reunion. It looked really good on the preview. I'm really excited for it. A lot of drama. And um, Miami is really one of the best Real Housewife franchise. It is the best Real Housewife franchise hearing right now. I'm really happy they brought it back. I'm really happy it's on Peacock because it's, it's shot really differently. It's filmed very beautifully. And I just like Peacock. And I don't know the best shows, in my opinion, that are on Bravo right now are Vanderpump Rules and Miami. But before I jump into Vanderpump Rules, let me touch real quick on Southern Charm. Not Southern Charm, Summer House. So I really like this episode. A lot of people are saying that it was boring, but I don't know. That's, those are the kind of Summer House episodes that I like. I actually don't watch Summer House for the drama. I watch it for the fun and the parties and the friendships. 
So I really like the fact that they partied and it was a very much lighthearted episode than it's been those past few episodes. So the episode starts back at the dinner and Kyle leaves the table again. He storms out, storms out in a typical Kyle move. And uh, Amanda follows him and tries to uh, calm him down. I feel like Amanda is only with Kyle because he's such a big baby and he makes her feel good. She's a fixer. So she's like, oh my God, let me talk to my man. I'm the only one that can make him calm down. Kyle, you need to stop. I'm like your voice of reason. <laughs> so that's what she likes. She loves it. But obviously here it does not work because Kyle is so over the drama. He's like, Danielle, just stay in your place. So then at dinner, we learn that Danielle is actually the girl with who Gabby's ex-husband was cheating. But Danielle didn't know that uh, he was still with Gabby. He told her that they had been broken off for broken up for a long, long time. And she's the girl that he brought to Coachella. And then Gabby tells us that she she tells us the power move that she made. She had all of his uh, social media and even a LinkedIn uh, password. So she wrote, I'm going to quote, I'm going to read it to you. She wrote, I am a liar and a cheater. I don't deserve the girl who I claim to be my girlfriend for the past four years. Gabby Prescott is one of the best people I have ever met. And I have wasted her time and taken advantage of her love and trust. I'm sorry for this, but this is a pattern of behavior. And I was like, clap, 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 clap. I am so here for that. This is a power move. She posted that on the man's LinkedIn. Like, do not give your girlfriend your password to your social media if you are cheating on her. Because you don't know if you're going to be with a very <laughs> crazy woman like Gabby. That will humiliate you in front of your friend because Instagram, your family, because of Facebook, and your colleagues and people that are supposed to respect you in your field. She posted that on the man's LinkedIn. And I am here for it. Gabby and Danielle are saying that um, they are not mad at each other. They both been played by this man and they're not going to let that overshadow their friendship. And that's what I'm here for it. Women supporting women. I didn't know he was with you. You didn't know he was with me. He played the both of us. Let's focus all of, all of our hatred towards the men because men are fucking toxic. Okay, so let's talk about the Daniel Cal situation. Uh, Daniel is FaceTiming um, Lindsay and Carl to tell them about what happened uh, at dinner last last night. And uh, Carl, he's like, I have no words for it. I'm pretty sure that if I left the company right now, they wouldn't be able to do shit without me. But Carl said last episode that if Carl left the company right now, the company wouldn't feel anything. And I actually do believe that. What is Carl bringing up to the company? Is the face of the company? Okay, I'm pretty sure that people would pay as much money to see Kyle and Amanda do the promotion and show up at all those events. I'm not sure. Carl hasn't proven to us that he's such a great asset to the company. I mean, he's not even good at his job. He left for a wedding on the West Coast without telling his co-workers that he was leaving. Like someone that is so good at his work would never, ever do that. So that's a terrible move. 
And I am actually tired of this. I need Danielle to start minding her business and stop meddling in everything that does not bother her because that's typical Danielle. Like Cal tell her, ever since she's arrived this weekend, she has been word vomiting about Kyle. She's been on Kyle's ass. Why is she trying to start a fight with Kyle and now she's turning it against about her? She, it's no longer about Carl and Lindsay. It's about Daniel and Kyle. Daniel, mind your business. You don't have to be such a good ride or die to Lindsay. I actually do agree with Paige when she said at the tea party that uh, Lindsay and Carl would not be so loyal to Danielle. I actually agree with Paige, even though I think that it was a mean girl move on Paige's part to say that. But we know that Danielle and Lindsay had a falling out later this season, so I actually believe it. Danielle needs to stop turning everyone against her, first Sierra for defending Lindsay, then Kyle for defending Carl. She needs to mind her business. People actually like her. Danielle, you have so much more to offer than being up Lindsay and Carl's ass. You need to wake up and mind your business. Plus, we as viewers are tired of the fight because summer should be fun and we should not be talking about work. So the girl had a tea party and we learned that Paige used a bug plug once. (laughs) And I'm wondering, who is it with? Who was it with? Greg? or Perry. I'm going to go Perry because he was actually a man and he could handle it. I think that Craig is too much of a baby to do anal because he'd be like, ah, no, it's disgusting. I would never do that. And also, like, I would be afraid to do anal with Craig because if I had an incident, like I said, he's not mature, mature enough to handle it in a way that would not make you feel insecure and that would not crush your soul. Because imagine, you shit the bed like while he's putting the butt plug in your <laughs> in your butt and like he would shame you for that because he's such a baby and he would tell everyone he would actually i believe contact page six and he would never let you live with it even if he doesn't dump you after the incident he would remind you of it every time and you would die of shame for the um amanda is also discussing the fact that she got off birth control right after the wedding but her last period was in november and when they are filming the show it's like july so her last period was eight months ago and she's really scared that she has an issue and she's never she's nervous to go see an obgyn because um she doesn't want to know if she has an issue right now she rather turned a blind eye but Amanda is 31 years old and if there's actually something wrong going on with her and she can't have kids, she really needs to go see an OBGYN to see what they can do to help her. Maybe she just needs to be on on hormones because her body has trouble bouncing back after being on birth control for so long. Every woman that listens to this show, every time you have a problem with something going on down there or your reproductive organ, you should take it very, very seriously. Like do not let eight months pass without you having your period and not going to see an OBGYN. Like Sierra said, she needs to take an appointment ASAP and go do a whole checkup because I'm pretty sure that it's nothing. A lot of women that are on birth control for more than 10 years after that have trouble having their periods. But with the, a little bit of help from doctors, everything goes back to normal. And during that conversation, I don't know why Paige throws gas into the fire. She's like, 
what would what's wrong with you going to see the doctor the worst that they could tell you is that you can't have children uh i mean no let's talk positively positive thoughts let's not stress our friends more than she's stressed let's not tell her that the worst thing could be that no let's tell her nothing is wrong with you go see the doctor they're gonna help you get your period back and you will be able to have children like let's be supportive and not scare her more like that's what i'm saying Paige is a little shitster whether with Lin- whether it's with lindsay danielle or even her friend amanda and she had a little smirk on her face while she was saying that and i'm like oh Paige, no girl you can't say that to your friend like if i were amanda i would be like Paige, let's not talk about it let's just do positive talk even if you want the truth from your friend no in those type of situation when you know that i want to keep so badly let's just do positive talk please positive thinking so let's talk about the newbies chris i had a lot of hope for chris i thought that he was hot and that he would be dating either sierra or sam or even who's the other single girl gabby but no Chris is so bad at flirting. Like, Tiara tells him that she's a nurse. And the first thing is like, oh, are you going to take care of me when I am sick? Oh, this is so corny. I, like, cringe so much when he said that. And you could tell Tiara was not on it. Like, last episode, he tried to flirt with Sam. And he was like, yeah, come put some oil on my back. On my back. You're terrible at flirting, Chris. You need to take some lessons and we need to bring more guys into the summer house because if the only guy that we're going to have is Chris, I am not here for it. He's terrible flirting and he's trying too, too much. Like, it's cringy. It's corny. Have you ever talked to a woman in your life? Like, no, stop. Then Sam, she invited her boxing instructor to come to the summer house for the weekend and uh, he arrives he's all dressed it's kind of hot it's kind of cute but it's a little too short for me and then he tells her that he's sober why would you come to the summer house if you're sober like the summer house is not for sober people i actually wrote in my notes during the episode the vibe in the house is so much better when carl and Lindsay are not here like Everyone was drunk the night before. They apart. They partied. The girl had a good time at tea time at the tea party. Then they danced together. They were drunk. Maybe it's time for Lindsay and Carl to retire because they just bring the energy down with their sober asses. So when Sam's boys arrived and he was like, "Oh, I'm sober," I was like, "Ah." another one of them i don't want it and then they try to have a conversation and she's trying to flirt with him but he's like trying to play mysterious and so the conversation is just dry it's dry then she brings him back to the house at night and she's trying to dance with him she's trying to engage with her but he's like oh sorry i have to work tomorrow i have to send those emails and he's just sitting there playing on his phone. Then she gets onto the table, onto the counter, and she dances. and she wants him to join her. But he just stays sitting on the table. Like, bravo, what the hell are you doing to us? And Sam, what the hell are you doing to yourself? But bravo, we need more guys because Summer House is known for its hookup, relationship drama, we don't want no sober people on our TV. Or you can be sober, but you need to be fun. 
if I'm getting into the counter to dance, you don't have to get into the counter to dance with me, but you could at least dance and not be on your phone and sit on a chair and not be fun. And, <laughs> and then they go to bed and uh, he's acting so weird. And we could tell that Sam was not into him. She's like, you stay on your side of the bed. I stay on my side of the bed. No funny business. Then the next day, she is not even like that into him. They're in bed. He's trying to make conversation with her, but she was not into it. She was she was already over him. She's like trying to thin out a roaster and it's out of the roaster. And I don't even know why he stayed the night at the summer house because the man did not drink. So he could have went back to his to New York the same day. And then he wakes up and he has breakfast with her. And then she goes out to tan while he waits in the entrance of the house for his Uber. She did not even say bye to him. She was like, okay, guy, I'm no longer interested. You can call your Uber. I'm going to tan because the sun is more interesting than you. <laughs> anyway, I like this episode. It was, it was kind of boring, but... Summer House is a show that I like to watch mindlessly. I don't want to have to take too many notes while I'm watching Summer House. So it was an episode I liked. But next week, we see that they try to play a game of uh, Steer the Pot. And uh, there's going to be some drama between Lindsay, Carl, Amanda, and Kyle. Because Lindsay said that she trusted Amanda the least. And Amanda cries in bed and she's like, I just want to be with my dog. And Kyle goes like, yeah, my wife is the nicest person in this house. So yeah, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Okay, so let's move on to Vanderpump Rule. All hell broke loose yesterday, Friday, the, what date is it? Friday the 4th of March 2023. This is a day that will go down in history for the Bravo fans because we learned that Tom and Ariana, Tom Sandoval and Ariana Maddox are donezo. And you're like, what? What happened? Tom Sandoval has been cheating on Ariana Maddox for the past six or seven months with Raquel Levis. Yes, you heard me right. Tom and Raquel are having an affair. I've been having an affair for the last six to seven months. And how did Ariana find out? Ariana finds out that she has been taking a fall for the last six months because she was crawling through um, Tom Sandoval's phone and she saw explicit videos of Raquel. Raquel sent explicit video of herself to Tom and he was not smart enough to delete those videos and Ariana found out. And let me tell you, I only learned that at late at night uh, yesterday and ever since my world has been rocked. I feel like I'm way too invested in this story, but like Tom and Ariana had been together for the past nine to ten years. And they had been one of my favorite couple on the show. I really loved Ariana. She was my favorite girl on the show because she's so confident in herself. She's very well-spoken. She is one of the best-looking girl on Bravo. She's really nice. And to be honest, I love Tom too. I was like, I was about to recap the episode and I had written, oh my God, Tom Sandoval is so hot while he's performing. Well, no, 
is a fucking little piece of shit, a little piece of trash. So now people are speculating that when we thought, when we heard the rumor that Raquel had made out with Tom at uh, Coachella, we all assumed that it was Tom Schwartz. But as we know, Tom Schwartz was not at Coachella. So was she hooking up with Tom Sandoval at Coachella? And we, it was just under our nose and we never, never, never saw it. Is that what's going on? So let me just start by giving my opinion on both of the people that were unfaithful in this relationship. So I'm going to start with Raquel. When I heard the story, all I could think was, damn, Raquel really did play hers from the beginning. I now don't believe in the little persona that Raquel has put on. Like she's so dumb and she's this nice little girl. I think that she was in a relationship with James in order to be on the show. And now that she's no longer with James, she is entertaining an affair with Tom Sandoval because she wants to be on the show. I believe that Raquel is the one that uh, leaked the information about her and Tom having an affair. Because we know that on Wednesday, her and uh, Sheena are in New York in Watch What Happened Lives, on Watch What Happened Lives, and Sheena made an Instagram story saying that she was in the clubhouse, but she did not include Raquel in that Instagram story. So there have been rumors saying that Raquel told on Wednesday to Sheena that she was having an affair with Tom Sandoval. And apparently, Sheena fought her. I hope that's true. Because if Sheena did fought Raquel, which she t- was defending against Katie for the Tom Schwartz rumor, I mean, Sheena, you are my queen. I always loved you since the beginning of the show. I've always been a Shishu fan. I even listened to Shenanigans. And if for one in your life, you took a position and you stunned you stand with your friends. I applaud you for it. Anyway, I believe that Raquel is the one that leaked the rumor for this perfect reason. Because she is a fame whore and she wants to be on that show so bad that she is willing to walk on everyone that stands in front of her. Raquel has been playing nice because she wanted to be a beauty queen. But now that she's 27 and she can no longer be a beauty queen, she's letting her true self come out. She, for a fact, kissed Oliver, Garcelle Beauvais' son, while he was married. And then she said that Oliver misled her. But I actually don't believe that even if she had known that he was married, he would have changed anything for her. Because as we can see, she had no problem having sex with Tom Sandoval for the past six months. Then she kissed and hooked up with Tom Schwartz, knowing that Katie was not up for it. And she even admitted on this episode to Katie that she wanted to kiss Tom Schwartz. And when she said that to Katie, she had a huge smile on her face. And she said, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't want you to learn it from anyone else but me. So that's why I'm telling you. Raquel, you were smiling the entire time. So if we count, we have Oliver, married guy, Tom Schwartz, the ex-husband of one of your friends. And then you're having an affair with Tom Sandoval. I think that Raquel is a fucking slut and I am not afraid of saying it. Usually I'm all for the woman with saying, yeah, Raquel is the one, is not the one that should be blamed for it because um, she was single. Tom Sandoval is the one that, the only one that should be held to the fire. Well, no, because Raquel pretended to be Ariana's friend. Ariana was the only one that had her back. 
all those seasons when she was being attacked by Lala and all those girls. Ariana put her feet in spaghetti sauce in order to sell feet pics to depraved fetishists in order for you to be able to afford a second nose job. There have been so many videos resurfacing of Raquel, Ariana, and Tom Sandoval hanging out together and Raquel calling Ariana her sister, you're one of my best friends, I love you. That's why we are mad at Raquel. Ariana invited Raquel into her house. She considered her a true friend. And I believe that the only reason that Raquel befriended Ariana was that she could be closer to Tom Sandoval so that when she would hang out one-on-one -on -one with Tom Sandoval, it wouldn't look suspicious because they were all friends. And that's why I feel like the betrayal is disgusting because I tried to explain to my boyfriend what was going on because I needed to talk to someone. And I tried to tell him, imagine if my best friend that I consider my sister were having a six-month affair with you, how would you feel? And what would that tell me about my best friend? That she's not my friend. She's just a sneaky little bitch that betrayed me and made me believe that we were closer than what we think. And I probably told her a lot of things about my past life, about my trauma. And, and that's what you're doing to me. Oh, I feel so bad for Ariana. Raquel is such a piece of trash. She's such a slut. She's a fame whore. I hope that betraying everyone around her was worth it because now she's done she may have she might be famous now but she's famous for the wrong reason and i hope that she will be fired at the end of this season because this is disgusting and vile i hope lisa vanderpump fires her and raquel i like i can't even express how like i'm disgusted with her and me knowing that I was supporting her all those past episodes because I was like, yes, Raquel, don't let those girls bully you. But you played all of us. And what makes me mad in all that is that I'm currently on Raquel's Instagram. And she still hasn't privated her account or disabled the comment. I believe that she is enjoying all the attention that she's getting. Because for her, good or bad attention, it doesn't matter. It's attention nonetheless. Like, Raquel, you are the new Kristen Dowdy. And you are even worse than, the, than Kristen Dowdy. You are. Because Kristen had sex with Jax two times. You had a six-month affair with Tom Sandoval. Can you believe that, guys? And she still hasn't privated a fucking account. You truly are a Bambi-eyed bitch. Now I'm going to go on to Tom Sandoval because I believe that he should be held to the fire. Maybe a little bit more than Raquel. So I'm going to let Stacey tell you guys how I feel about Tom Sandoval right now. How dare you? How dare you? You selfish, egotistical piece of shit. Wow. How dare you? Wow, okay. That's exactly how I feel. How dare you, you egotistical, selfish piece of shit. I was thinking, how can he do that to Ariana? He had such a bad bitch and he fumbled the bag. But no, the reason why Tom cheated on Ariana with such a bambi-eyed bitch insecure Raquel is because Tom Sandoval is insecure himself. The only way is he only surrounds himself with people that are insecure. That's why his best friend is Tom Schwartz. Because after all, he is the number one guy in the group. He feels like he's superior to everyone. So if Ariana 
feels comfortable and does not need him in the relationship anymore, she's no longer broken. She's her own person. He can't be with her anymore because she does not stroke his ego as much as he needs to. And that's why he cheated on her with Raquel. Because let's not forget, he was dating Kristen. And then when she started becoming her own person, he cheated on Kristen with Ariana. Ah, I can't believe that we all thought that Kristen was crazy. But yeah, he cheated on Kristen with Ariana. Their relationship overlapped. And the only reason he picked Ariana is because Ariana had just gotten out of a very toxic and abusive relationship. So she was all broken down. And her being with Tom made her feel safer. He made her feel like she could trust him. And that's also one of the only reasons he got with her. Because she was broken. And now he's getting with Rachel. Raquel, well, Rachel. Because <laughs> I'm going everywhere, all over the place. We learned today that Raquel is not really named Raquel, but she's named Rachel Levis. So Raquel, you're going in Jack's path. You change your name and you had sex with every man that you could find. I don't want to slit them. I don't want to slut shame her. She can have sex with as many men as she wants. What she can't do is betray everyone around her. Let's move on back to Tom Sandoval. And I believe that Tom Sandoval would have stayed with Ariana and keep get, having an affair with Raquel if he had not been found out because he would have never had the balls to leave Ariana on his own. Also, one of the theories that everyone has on the internet is that Tom Schwartz agreed to cover for Tom Sandoval and Raquel was in on it. And that's why this season they came in with making us believe that Tom was into Tom Schwartz and she made up she made out with Tom Schwartz in order to cover their tracks so that all the attention could be redirected to Tom Schwartz and Raquel and no one would have ever suspected them. All along, they have brought us into this train of Raquel and Tom Schwartz, but it was Raquel and Tom Sandoval and Tom Schwartz was just decoyed. That does make him a piece of shit because Tom Schwartz was ready to sacrifice his relationship with Katie in order to cover for his one true love, Tom Sandoval. I hope that Schwartz and Sandy's burns down. I hope that this restaurant has to close, that no one goes to that restaurant, that we boycott Tom and the most extras, and that both of those men have to file for bankruptcy. I can only wish the worst on those two people. They are disgusting. I am disgusted. And some people are defending Sandoval. It's not the majority. I'm very proud of the Bravo family. We all could rally against Ariana and beat him Ariana and, and blast Tom Sandoval, Tom Schwartz, and Raquel. But obviously, there are the few that defend Tom Sandoval, saying that Ariana was not a good partner to him. She didn't want kids. She didn't want to get married. And obviously, Tom Sandoval was married. But is that a reason? If you are unhappy, you leave someone. You don't cheat on them for seven months with one of their close friends. That is not a reason to cheat on someone. If you're not happy in your relationship, just leave me. Don't humiliate me like that. So now let's talk about the aftermath of uh, this uh, shocking revelation. So everyone except Tom Sandoval and Tom Schwartz has unfollowed Raquel. Even Sheena unfollowed Raquel. Apparently Sheena fought Raquel and she's afraid that Raquel is going to press charges. So if Raquel does press charges for Sheena... Someone already proposed it, but we should do a GoFundMe to, <laughs> to pay for Shina's legal team because Shina, thank you. 
Um, then we had a video of Kristen and Ariana together. And in that video, we can tell that Ariana has very, very puffy eyes. She's been crying for so long and I feel terrible for her. We had a reaction from Katie Maloney. She posted a very funny TikTok saying, the fire is coming inside the house. And yes, Raquel was literally inside your house because apparently Raquel had sex with Tom in Ariana's bed. Can you imagine? Like when I'm saying like, this is Jax and Kristen's level times 3000. I'm really happy to see that everyone is rallying again around Ariana. She was at uh, Lala's concert yesterday with, um, with Sheena. She seemed like she was having a great time. So that at least makes me feel better. Ariana's brother did spoke out and he wrote a comment saying, it's funny to watch people social climb and be so fake that they're willing to shit on people that are supposed to be their best friend. A term that gets thrown around very often around here. Or just to come up or have some sort of storyline. This lifestyle and this group is beyond toxic and I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. Or just for clout from a corny ass network like Bravo TV. Tom's a tried hard, having a middle life crisis with his cringy band. And Raquel has faked her way to the top, trying to make something of her life, willing to step on whoever to get there, starting with James. Sellout type lame shit. Let's all remember that Raquel was a fan of the show before all of this. Does anyone pay attention? And yes, we are paying attention because I was like, yes, she's a fan of the show. She just dated James to get onto the show. She was never going to marry him. She was just going there because she wanted to be on the show. And then when it didn't work out, she moved on to her next target. Then Ariana deleted all of her social media. So I guess she doesn't want to see anything. She just wants to live her life. Apparently, they are still filming season 10 of um, Vanderpump Pro, and there were cameras outside of Ariana's and Tom's house yesterday, and we saw Tom leave the house with all of his luggage. So at least she's free. She doesn't have to see him every day. He was thrown out to the streets where he deserves to be. Oh, I forgot to talk about that. Remember when uh, Jax accused uh, Tom Sandoval of cheating on Ariana with Miami Girl? Well, now we know it's the truth. Tom is a cheater. Once a cheater, always a cheater. And guess what? What is his sign? He's a fucking cancer. Gabby warned us two episodes ago of Summer House that cancer men are lying, cheating, sociopath, bastard pieces of shit. And Tom... Sandoval just comes to confirm that yes, cancer men are fucking trash. He cheated on her, Kristen with Ariana. He cheated on Ariana with Miami girl. He cheated on Ariana with Raquel. And how many other girls has he been cheated on? Because the allegations are just starting to come out, I'm sure. Some people have uh, went back and watched at the trailer and there's a very weird scene where... Um, Raquel and Sandoval are in the pool together and they look very close. So I'll post that clip on my Instagram because the signs have been in front of us all that long. Three weeks ago on Watch What Happened Live, both of the Toms were guests on Watch What Happened Live. And while um, Andy was asking questions to Tom Schwartz about Raquel, Tom Sandoval looked extremely tense, extremely guilty and we were wondering what tom schwartz were 
always looking up to Tom Sandoval before answering a question. Well, that's because he was covering for him. And he had to get Tom's approval before answering any question because of what he was afraid to reveal the deception. James and Lala have been very vocal since all this news came out. Lala put on sale her Bambi Beach palette and says everything has to come out. She has received approval from Ariana to start bashing Tom Sandoval and Raquel on social media. But I would like to say, Lala, you should not judge. You should not be too quick to, pe- to speak because you got Randall while he was still married to his ex-wife. You cheated on Randall with, with James while he was with Raquel. So what I'm saying is people in glass houses should not throw stones. So Lala, I love you for supporting Ariana, but let's not forget that you are not better than Raquel. You maybe did not cheat with the boyfriend of one of your closest friend, but you are not a girl's girl and you are not allowed to start calling Raquel every type of name and a cheater and a liar because you also are a cheater and a liar. James actually is the first one on the cast that has been, uh, that has announced the news. He posted as soon as TMZ revealed the news on his Instagram and has been commented under Tom Sandoval's uh, <laughs> Instagram post and he has been trolling uh, Tom Sandoval. He commented stuff like, looks like he needs to take a... Then in a, in a, under another picture, he said, let's just be honest, this song is trash. Sounds like someone taking a dump. But James, I have the same comment that I had for Lala. You also cheated on Raquel with multiple girls. You cheated on Raquel with Christine. You cheated on a lot of people. So you cannot throw stones. But I do understand why Lala and James are that mad is because Raquel has been trying to look like she was that uh, hurt little bird, hurt little girl that was cheated on by James, the love of her life, because Lala and James had a relationship and she's been trying to call them out and she said that they were hypocritical. But Raquel, you were doing the same thing. Like, the only reason why Raquel was so brazen to admit to Cathy that she was attracted to Tom Schwartz is because she was like, yeah, I'm going to say I'm with Tom Schwartz. This way, no one is going to look in the way of Tom Sandoval and I. But we found out. So I do understand why those two are mad because um, Raquel just tried to make them look like the bad guy when she was the biggest villain since the beginning, since her beginning on the show. So, yeah. This is all I have to say about the Vanderpump Rule uh, drama that's going on right now. I am uh, disgusted. My heart just sank when I heard the news. I am happy that everyone is on Team Ariana. I'm happy that Sheena took a stance. And I can't wait for the reunion. And I'm very happy that all this happened also while the cameras were rolling. Because if there's something I hate is when people break up or there's like some drama that happens while the cameras are down. So the next 12 weeks of Vanderpump Rules are going to be very, very interesting. I know that me, my stance has changed. I still see Katie as a mean girl because she still is hating on Sheena for no reason. (laughs) And uh, yeah, the fact that she was saying that uh, Raquel was not smart enough to come up with such an evil plan to um 
hook up with Tom Schwartz. Well, now we have the proof that this is not real at all. Raquel might have rocks in her brain, in her head, in, in place of her brain, but she's not as nice as we think. And yeah, she can come up with such evil plans. So yeah, I see Lala in a very different light. I see Katie in a very different light. I see Tom Sandoval as the piece of trash, coward, insecure, egotistical man that he is. And Ariana, I love you. I hope that you don't go into depression. You are definitely surrounded by all of your friends that love you. You have Katie, you have Kristen, you have Ariana, you have your family. You have all of the Bravo world around you. And yeah, I can't wait for the reunion when Lala, Katie, Sheena, Ariana are gonna come down on Raquel. I can't wait for that. So thank you for being with me this week. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave me a five-star review, subscribe to the podcast, go follow me on all of my social media, Reality Hall Pod on Twitter and underscore Reality Hall on Instagram. Everything will be in the description below. And I will see you next week. Thank you, guys.